going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 3 today, and uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, deacons. And so a deacon is really the second office that we see. So really in the church, in the New Testament church, we see two offices, all right? We see the office of elder pastor, and we see the office of deacon. And as I, as I begin here, and it's going to come up a little bit later, but I, I think I need to stress it right now, is that the office of elder pastor is not better than the office of deacon. The office of deacon is just as important as the office of elder pastor, all right? They both fulfill important roles. And so when we think about our elder, um, Eddie and, and his wife, uh, that, is, that is an important uh, couple here. It's an important family to our ministry because really deacons are important to the church. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. First of all, what we need to know is that deacon means to serve. And that's why I've entitled this message, Deacons, um, Servant Leaders. All right? They are, deacons are servant leaders. Literally, the word deacon means to serve. And that's actually why uh, many churches, when they look at Acts chapter 6, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 6 in, 6 in just a little while, but they, they look at Acts chapter 6, and they say this is really the first deacons because they called people to serve, which happens to be the same word that we would use for what? Deacons. But really, when you look at those, those first seven men that were called, they were actually doing something uh, greater than just what a deacon's duty would be. And so we'll be looking at what that duty is a little bit later on. But just as a reminder, this is just a little bit of review here. Uh, we want to go back to Acts chapter 6 and just be reviewed. This will be very, very quick. But what is happening in Acts chapter 6? The church has grown. The church of Jerusalem is large. And what is happening is the apostles cannot tend to the needs of all of the flock. And so there ends up being this, this conflict and some, some accusations uh, thrown at the apostles. And the accusations is this, that the apostles are not taking care of the Greek-speaking Jews because they are the outside group. And so there is this accusation against them that really has the ability to really tear the church apart, create factions, create a lot of, of, of hurt. And so we notice what they do, and this is in chapter 2, and the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. So what do the apostles do? They gather together the congregation, the church, the church in Jerusalem. Their solution is really to bring the church into the solution, to bring the church into the fix. And so as uh, we, we studied here in chapter 6, we see really, first of all, that, that they called the full number of, of disciples, but then they, they brought forth these people, these men, these seven men, who were supposed to do this, serve tables. And we looked at this idea, if you remember, uh, it was now weeks ago, but that idea of serving table has two ideas behind it. One serving food. And oftentimes when we think about serving tables, that's what we think of. But there's actually a second idea there, which is handling the finances, the charitable donations that come in. 
At this time, there was a lot of money that was given to the church, and that money was to help people in the church. And so these first seven men were supposed to do these two things. One, make sure that people had food. Two, make sure that people had money. And so that was the responsibility of these first seven men. And this is really the foundational passage for what we have today when we think of the two offices that we have in the church. The elder shepherd, elder pastor, and the deacon. And we see it right here. It is not right that we should give up preaching the Word of God. And so uh, this is the first group, preaching the Word of God here. That would be the elder pastors. And then the deacons are the ones who serve. All right? The ones who serve. And so we have that, that difference there, those two offices, the elder pastor, those who preach the Word, and then the deacons, the ones who serve the church. And so notice what the apostles did next after they kind of put forth their plan uh, that it's not right for us that we should not be preaching the Word. That's our first responsibility. We need to call some people to help. And then in verse 3, we see this, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit, and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. And again, the first helpers, the first servants had qualifications, all right? So it wasn't simply like, we need some help, just pick people that are going to fill the position and uh, have them come in and fill the position, and then we can move on with life. No, they said pick seven men of, first of all, good repute. That is a man that is worthy of respect, full of the Spirit. That is a man who is godly and a man who has wisdom. And so really we see from the very beginning that there were qualifications for church leaders. We see the qualifications way back here in Acts chapter 6. And what we're going to see today is that really what we have here found in Acts chapter 6 is very similar to what we're about to see in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And so now let's go ahead and look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at, uh, just we're going to be starting off with just uh, verses 8 through 10 right now. And so I ask you to stand out of respect for God's Word. Again, this is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 8. And this is what it says. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain, they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first, and let them serve as deacons. And if they prove, themse uh, um, and if they prove themselves blameless. All right, let's go ahead and stop there. We'll ask the Lord's blessing upon our time. Lord, we do pray that you would meet with us. Once again, we're talking about this very important topic of church leadership. Because leaders in a church are important, that the elder pastors in our church are important, and, and the deacon family that we have here is important. These are important parts of Wilton Bible Church. And so we pray that you would help me to be clear today. Help uh, the Word of God to impact our lives. And, and maybe there's a, there's a man here today that that has, has felt that tuck. 
to, be, to become a deacon, to, to serve the church from within, but has never actually answered that call, maybe because they're confused about what a deacon really is. And so, Lord, as we open up this passage, we pray that you would use it in our life. But also, Lord, we thank you for the Espanitas and that the way that they serve our church and they serve many of the shut-ins, the many of the homebound members that we have here at Wilton Bible Church. Thank you for their ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. As we start today, I want to share with you uh, a story of a deacon I got to serve with, all right? His, his name was uh, Herb, and uh, when I served with him, he was 80 years old. And the reason why I, I want to share uh, Herb with you is because uh, really Herb was a man who loved people. And so every time I would come into the church, I, I would see him fellowshipping with other people, with the flock. He would, was always such, had such an encouragement a type of attitude. Whenever you left a conversation with him, you were always encouraged. He was someone who really loved people. But it wasn't just that he loved people within the church. Because, you know, it could be easy to love our friends, but he also loved the lost. Herb was a man who was an evangelist in heart. Matter of fact, I remember uh, Herb telling me, you know what, uh, the church couldn't give me tracks fast enough. I was always taking all the tracks out of the track rack, so I just started buying my own. And uh, I, when I visited his home, he had stacks of tracks right there by the door ready to hand down. This was a man who really desired to share the gospel. Matter of fact, even in his older age, he was learning Spanish because he was running into a lot of Spanish-speaking people that seemed to be very receptive to the gospel, and he didn't feel like he could communicate the gospel. And so he was actually learning Spanish so that he could actually pass out Spanish tracts. He was a man who not only loved people within the church, he loved souls. You know, Herb was a man who was wise. He was a man who actually owned his own business. He actually did very well for himself. I remember talking to Herb one time, and he was sharing with me some of the things that, that happened with his business. And he said, you know, John, there were times when I had my business that I could have done some unethical things, and it would have saved me a lot of money. But you know, I never chose those things, even though I knew it was going to cost me. Herb was a man who had character. He was a man who showed wisdom as a Christian. He ran his company as a Christian ought to run a company. And so Herb was a man that really, really kind of comes to mind when I think of a, uh, a deacon. Now Herb, I, as far as I can remember, I never remember Herb ever teaching a Sunday school. He never was behind the pulpit. I don't even know if I remember Herb praying in front of a group of people. But you know, Herb impacted my life because I could see the love that he had for the Lord and the love that he had for others. Of course, here at Wilton Bible Church, we have the Espinitas, another great family. A family who loves not only the people here at Wilton Bible Church, 
but people in our community and, and people uh, that are shut-ins, people that are homebound. And so really when I think of deacons, deacons are very special people. And so that's one of the reasons why when I first started off, this, this idea of deacon, that really it's not, here we have the elders up here, and then the deacons are kind of like way down here. Really, the reason why God has given us two offices is because we need both offices. We need those who preach from the front, who lead from the front. And we also need deacons who lead from within those who serve the church. So this office of deacon is, is very important. And so today what, I, what I've done is I've broken up our, our study into three parts. And this is what we're going to look at. First of all, we're going to look at the qualifications. Then we're going to look at the duties. Then we're going to look at the rewards of being a deacon. And this is going to be taken right out of our passage this morning. So first of all, let's think about some of the qualifications. Now, it's going to seem like I fly through these qualifications, and it's because I, I, I am. And the reason why is because some of it is review from when we talked about uh, elder pastor. And so when we talked about elder pastor, they have a lot of the same qualifications. And so as I run through this, hopefully you can recall some of the things that we've already talked about. But notice here in verse 8, this is the very first verse that we're going to look at. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. So that very first thing is that they ought to be dignified. They ought to be worthy of respect. A Christian who serves the Lord in the office of deacon doesn't just fill the position, doesn't just take the name, but really serves the church. They also ought to be a man who is not double-tongued. What is double-tongued? Double-tongued is a man who is sincere in his speech. He's not a gossip. He's not a storyteller. He is faithful to his word. You know that you can trust his word. Number C, not addicted to much wine. Not addicted to much wine. A deacon is to be in control of his body and of his mind. And of course, we know when alcohol is consumed, it oftentimes takes over what we're thinking. People who are drunk do some very crazy and risky things because they're under the influence of alcohol. They're not thinking straight. And so a deacon ought to be someone who is thinking straight, not controlled by much wine, but instead controlled by the Holy Spirit. And of course, we looked at this idea when we looked at uh, biblical church leadership, and if you have more questions about that, that was in part four of that study when we talked about biblical church leadership and the qualification for overseer. So I encourage you, if you're interested in that topic, go back and listen to that, and that's part four of that biblical church leadership. D, not greedy for dishonest gain. All right, this should be a man that, that is trusted. A man that we're not worried that would steal from the church. In many churches, the deacon is the one who counts the offering. Therefore, a deacon is to be someone who won't be tempted to steal from the offering and that would know how to manage God's fund correctly. Oftentimes, deacons are, are the ones that do jobs around the church 
to do jobs around the church, oftentimes they have to buy things. They have to buy tools. And so when we're thinking about a deacon, it's someone who is not in it for themselves. They're not using God's money for their own gain. But really, they're using God's money to benefit the church. All right? Not greedy for dishonest gain. Number nine. Verse number 9, it says this, They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. A deacon should be doctrinally sound. A man who knows what he believes and why he believes it. The word mystery means this, truth once hidden, but now revealed by God. And really, as we think about the doctrine and faith, really when you think about the unbelieving world, they don't understand why we would gather together and worship the Lord, why we would pray to God, why we would read the Bible. They don't understand. For them, that would seem foolish, but we understand why, because we hold the mystery that has been revealed to us by God. So, a deacon should know what he believes and why he believes it. As I was studying this, I, I came across a, a story in, in Warren uh, Wigsby's uh, commentary, and this is what he says, and this is right on the same topic here, and he says this, A pastor friend of mine, now home with the Lord, took a church that was a split from another church and constantly at war within itself. From what he told me, their business meetings were something to behold. The church constitution was raised up and respected almost as much as the Bible. The people called it the green book. My friend began to teach the people the word of God, and the spirit began to make changes in the lives. But the enemy went to work and stirred up some of the um, officers to deny the pastor in a meeting. You aren't following the green book, they said. My friend lifted up the Bible high and asked, are we going to obey the Word of God or a green book written by men? This was the turning point in the church and with God blessed with wonderful growth and power. What is the point? Us as men and women, as Christians, we ought to be men and women of the Word. So it's not just the elders and the pastors, it's not just the deacons, but really each one of us ought to know what we believe, and why we believe it. If someone was to ask us about the hope that we have, could we give an answer to them? Could we give an answer to them? And so one of the, the qualifications is that a deacon be doctrinally sound, that he knows what he believes and why he believes it. Look at verse 10 here. And let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacon if they prove themselves blameless. What is the idea here? Like, what is this testing and proving? So sometimes when we think about testing and proving, I, I immediately think about, like, an ordination. So an ordination is, is when you have a, 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 a potential pastor, a candidate to, to be a pastor, and, and a whole bunch of pastors ask him all kinds of questions to make sure he knows what he believes, and that he can back those things up. But I don't think that's what's being applied here as far as we think about deacons. I think that what, we're being a, a, what Paul is talking about here is someone that has already shown themselves faithful to serve the church. 
And so when we think about this idea of tested and proven, this idea of tested and proven, it's the idea of giving an opportunity to a man who might be aspiring to be a deacon, give him something small and see how it works. If he is faithful with a little, give him more. Give him an opportunity to serve in a bigger way. And really, I think this is also a great way for us to know whether or not a man can serve as an elder of the church. Because if a man really can't serve as a deacon, if he can't serve the church from within, then probably he shouldn't serve the church from ahead or from the front. And so really a good test for for an elder would be uh, a deacon position. And before a deacon position, they're given a little, they're tested and proven of course, this is not always the fact because sometimes uh, you have elders come in or guys that, that uh, should be elders, and you already know, like, you just know they love the Lord and they love others and they have that leadership and they're firm in the, in the Word of God, and, and so you can uh, jump over that deacon. But I, I think for the most of the time, um, that is a good opportunity for us as a church and really for us as, as elders and, and, and uh, pastors to verify whether or not someone would be a good fit to be placed at the head of the church, or the front of the church, I should say. Really, Christ is the head of the church. All right, tested and proven. There's another thing, and this is a a crossover from uh, uh, that uh, overseer. If you remember, we talked about the fact that um, in the world, people, uh, CEOs are not evaluated by their family life. Their, their business life and their family life are, are separated. But when it comes to ministry, actually in God's, um, in God's not, curric- not uh, culture, not curriculum, um, currency, that really family life and leadership go hand in hand. And we see this again here as we think about deacons. So we see a godly home. That starts off here in verse 11 their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanders, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Now, I, I, I do need to say that this verse right here, there are some ideas, some, some ideas of what this means, all right? And, and so, idea number one, okay, idea number one, some people think that this is the requirements for deaconists. So, women deacons. And then there are some who think that this applies to deacons' wives, the wives of deacons. And then there are others who think that this is really just applied to all wives of leadership. Because there is no requirements for wives back in the, uh, the first part. So, when we looked at overseer, there was no requirements for wives. But as I began to study this, really, uh, this, this verse either, if it's talking about deacons, uh, deaconess, uh, another group that was w- within the church, then it's kind of misplaced because it's right in the middle of, of deacon because you're going to see in the very next verse that again we start talking about deacon as well. And so it would be kind of misplaced that Paul would have kind of shoved it in the middle when it should have really been added a little bit later and so um, many guys believe that this is the requirement for the deacon that he lead his home. And one way that he lead his, leads his home is that his wife be someone 
that others can look to. And so their wives likewise must be dignified. Not slanders, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. So what are these things? What are these things? Dignified, again, is worthy of respect, okay? We talked about that for overseers. We talked about that for deacons. And really, we talked about that for deacons' wives. And we should really apply that also to elder and pastor's wives, all right? And so, wives of leadership should be dignified ladies, ladies worthy of respect. And then that second part is not slanderers. The Greek word literally means devil. This is what it means. The idea comes uh, from the idea of liar or false accuser, not slanderers. And you know when this comes into play? Through gossip. When you're sharing something that you know may or may not be true and is not really helpful to the person you're, you're telling it to, that you're actually really tearing somebody down, that's something that not only that the leadership, their wives, and the pastors, elders, and deacons should be aware of, but really all of us. We should guard our tongues, all right? We should not repeat things that are rumors that tear down other individuals. We need to guard our tongues. Matter of fact, Paul says this. This is Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for the building up as fits as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Really, our words should not be tearing people down. Our words should be building people up. And so, whether you're a wife of a leader, whether you are a leader, or whether you're just someone here that is part of Wilton Bible Church, we ought to guard our tongues against gossip. And I know it's so easy to do. We're, we're, we're experts as Christians. We say things like this, oh, pray for so-and-so. They're really struggling with this thing. And we tell a big group of people. And we're not sincere in what we're saying. Please pray for my wife. Please pray for my husband. You won't believe what he did. You won't believe what she did. All right, we need to be careful of those things. A wife of someone in leadership and a leader himself could really rip a church apart by the accusations he makes against other people. And so we need to guard our lips. Instead, what should, what should our wives be? They should be sober-minded. What is sober-minded? Well, that again comes from the idea that we saw an overseer. And the overseer is someone that should be a clear thinker, be someone that has a clear perspective, a woman who is balanced in spirit and free from rash decisions and actions. That's what we should be looking for when we think about uh, leaders and their wives. Wives who are sober-minded. And then that last thing that we see for wives is that they are faithful in all things. Again, this is the same trustworthiness that we saw in overseers and deacons. Because really, a wife of a leader is also part of the leadership. Even though they don't get the recognition that someone from the front or someone from within gets, they are part of the leadership of Wilton Bible Church. And their part in the church is important, and so they ought to be faithful in all things. They ought to be trustworthy, 
just as the pastor elder or the deacon would be. And then look at the next verse. Paul continues this idea of, of the home, and he says this, let deacons each be the husband of one wife. And we talked about that last time, the idea of having eyes for his wife only, managing their children and their households well. And so they ought to be a man that has family leadership, eyes for his wife and knows how to care for his family. Because really, that's what they're going to be doing. They're serving their family at home, then it's going to just cross over into serving their family at church or serving God's family. And so really, those are the qualifications for deacon. Now, what is the ministry of the deacon? So, so we, 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 we looked at what an elder pastor, overseer, what, what their requirement was or what their, their job was, which is to uh, communicate, to be able to teach, to serve in leadership. But what is the ministry of the deacon? And so notice here in verse 13, for those who serve well as deacons. Deacons are to serve well. That's what they ought to be doing, serving well. Remember, what does deacon mean? To serve. And so literally, for those who serve, those who deacon well as deacons, those who serve well as servants. And so deacons are to serve. How do they serve? Well, they serve the elders and pastors by serving the church. This is what our church constitution says, and, and uh, look at that duty there at the bottom. And so according to our church constitution, this is the duty of deacons. Various duties shall be assigned to these members to allow the board of elders to care for the ministering to the spiritual welfare of the church. And so why have deacons at Wilton Bible Church? Well, that's so that the elder pastors can focus on the spiritual matters of Wilton Bible Church. So that's exactly what we see here in Acts chapter 6. And so remember, we, we started off with that. Here are these seven men that were appointed by the apostles. They were chosen by the congregation. And why? Because they, the, the apostles were taking up so much time serving tables that it was taking time away from prayer and study. And they weren't preaching the word of God as they knew they ought to. And so these seven men were called to serve really to serve the apostles and to serve the church. And so where an elder pastor might lead from the front, a, de a deacon leads from within. And to be honest, most deacons like it that way. They wouldn't want to lead from the front. I, when, I, when I gave that illustration of, of Herb, and, and really I have had the opportunity to serve with many great deacons, but guys that never would want to come up and speak in front of a group of people. People that, that were not called to that, but loved serving the church from within. And so deacons are important. They serve, with, they serve from within, but not often from the front. We might think that a deacon is less a lesser of the two offices, but in the reality, they're both very important to the church. Just like we wouldn't say that men are more valuable to God than women, or children are more valuable to God than adults, 
Because really, as, as we think about Jesus Christ, he died for men and women. He died for different races. He died for children and adults in the same fashion as he did for the rest of the world. And so each one of us is important. Each one of us plays a different part. Within the church, we have this idea of pastor-elder, we have this idea of deacon, both very important. So the seven men in Acts chapter 6 were appointed to serve the tables, and that was very important. All right, so, we've, so far we've covered the qualifications. We've also covered the, the duty or ministry of the deacon. What do they do? They, they free up the, the elder pastors to be able to preach the Word of God, and so they serve from within, not from uh, the front. And then there's an award that's attached to this, and uh, notice in verse 13, for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves. What is that? That's honor. Really, as we think about uh, uh, the Espanita families, we think about Eddie, it, we ought to honor our deacons. We ought to honor our deacons. Not only are they honored, should be honored within the church, but I believe God honors faithful deacons. Let me share with you uh, one, uh, one story or account. I just want to honor the uh, Espanitas uh, this morning. And so I was uh, visiting someone, um, uh, one of our shut-ins, uh, one of our homebound um, members, and uh, I was I was just 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 having casual conversation. I was there to to share some some uh, of the Bible with them, to pray with them, just to encourage them. And I also kind of wanted to update them on the things that were happening here at Wilton Bible Church since they had been gone for such a such a long time. And uh, this was the reply as soon as I started updating them on all the things that were happening here. Oh yeah, the Espanitas already told us. Matter of fact, they send us the bulletin in the mail almost every Sunday. And you know what? I so appreciate the Espanitas doing that because it helps me to feel like I'm included in the church without actually being in person. I'm connected with the church without actually being connected. And I sat there and I just thought in my heart, well, praise the Lord that the Espanitas are doing that ministry, that they're reaching out to our shut-ins reaching out to those people that are not able to be here because of different health things. And they've taken up that responsibility, and they're fulfilling that responsibility. And so deacons are people to be honored in front of the church because they are serving from within. They're taking care of God's flock. And they are freeing up the leadership to focus on the spiritual matters of the church. And so they ought to have honor. Of course, they don't do it. Deacons uh, don't do it so that everyone would praise them. Hey, yeah, you're doing such a great job. You know, let me pat you on the back. That's not why they do it. They do it to serve the Lord. But it's hard not to recognize faithful families and faithful uh, individuals when they serve the Lord out of a joyful heart. And so they ought to be honored. That's one reward that a deacon receives. There's a second reward that a deacon receives. And that is increased faith. Notice here in verse 13, for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves. And the idea is, and also 
uh, great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So really, if we were going to look at this, we would say uh, there's two things that they gain, all right? Number one, they gain a good standing, and number two, they also gain great confidence in the faith. That would be uh, number two there. And so their faith is increased. And so someone who is faithful to the ministry of, of deacon, they see the Lord at work because they're working alongside the church. They're really being empowered to serve through the Lord. And so they get to see the Lord at work. And, and that's true really for, for anyone that is serving a church. You don't know how many times people have, have been very hesitant to serve in some type of position in the church. And, and then they do it, and then afterwards they're like, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And actually, I kind of enjoyed that. And so stepping out on faith oftentimes brings joy to our heart, puts us in good standing with others and with the Lord, but also gives us greater confidence in our own faith. And so for deacons, they have two rewards, good standing before God and the church and great confidence in their faith. Their faith is increased as they serve the Lord. And so let's review. Let's review. What does deacon mean? To serve. To serve. That's what a deacon is. To serve. In Acts chapter 6, the apostles laid the foundation for what would become the office of deacon. When they did that, they called seven men to serve the church so that they could, pra- they could focus on prayer and preaching. And the office of deacon is important. And therefore, that's why it has qualifications. If it wasn't important, Paul wouldn't have listed it. But it was important to the church. It was an important church office that had qualifications. The office of deacon is important. The elder pastors lead from the front, but deacons lead from within. And really, a healthy church has both deacons and elders. That's actually one of the things that the apostles realized. The apostles realized there in Acts chapter 8 that there was just too much for them to do. Remember, the church had grown to like thousands, and, and they were spread thin, and they could no longer do what they knew God wanted them to do. And so they asked the church to appoint seven men to serve from within. And the church chose seven men to serve from within. And so the reality is this, a healthy church needs both elders and pastors who can give their time to prayer and study and teaching the Word of God, but then have the support of deacons who serve the church. And so as I talk about this topic today, I just want to say that there are some of you guys, you guys serve the church faithfully. So uh, you're, you're here and, and working on projects, um, and, and you don't get the title of, of deacon, all right? You don't get the title of deacon. Maybe, maybe we have, and many of you I have. I, I've come and talked to you, and I said, hey, we'd like to nominate you as a deacon, and you're like, no, no, I, that's not what I want. But I, I encourage you to consider that. I encourage you to consider that. Why? Because really, we do want to honor you as a church. Because what you do for Wilton Bible Church is 
import. We want to honor you as, as a faithful servant that really leads from within and makes sure that jobs or, or things get done around here. So don't be hesitant. Step out on faith. If God opens up the door, maybe consider going through that door and be rewarded by an increased faith, be rewarded by a good standing before your church and a good standing before the Lord. And may God continue to use our elder pastors and our deacons to bring Him glory. We have a fine set of leadership here. And I'm thankful for the Espinitas, and I'm thankful for each one of our elder pastor families. We truly do have a good set of leadership here at Wilton Bible Church. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we do thank you for, uh, for this office of deacon, someone who really serves from within, someone who uh, is there to, to help the church and to meet the, the needs of the pastor and elders. And so we do thank you for the Espinitas. Thank you for the way that, that Eddie does things around the property, that any time he is given a job, that he is faithful to completing that job that him and his wife are so faithful to visit uh, those that are not able to be with us and always checking up on, on some of our, our uh, more elderly group within our church. And so we thank you for their faithfulness to the office of deacon. Lord, we also pray that maybe you'd be working in hearts. Maybe there's some men here that they've been tapped on the shoulder to, to be deacons in the past, but they have never answered the call. Maybe they were fearful of, of what that would mean. That helped them to realize that it's really an honor to be someone who serves from within, someone who is getting things done so that the pastor and elders don't have to worry about those things. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to raise up elders within our church, that you would continue to raise up deacons within our church. We also thank you for the servants that already give of their time and for their wives that give of their time. Thank you for our ministry couples that we have here at Wilton Bible Church. We do pray that you would continue to use them to accomplish great things here at Wilton Bible Church. In Jesus' name, amen.